this is Steve Tennant from Within the Ruins, and you're listening to Interview Under Fire. When you lie with the liars, you never wake up to the truth. All right, everyone, Sonny back here with another new episode of Interview Under Fire. Steve Tennant, man, thank you so much for joining our podcast today on IUF. This is an important yet exciting time of the year for you and the guys over at Within the Ruins. With the release of your sixth studio album, Black Heart, which drops November 27th on E1 and Good Fight Music. You know, first off, congratulations on all of the well-deserved recognitions we're getting so far. But before we get to all that, for my listeners, I'm going to ask you a very important question to start things off. It's a very simple okay. one, but I think okay. it's an important one to ask, considering where we are at our lives at this point. How sure. are you, man? You know, <laughs> you know how, have, how has life been for you and the guys over at Within the Ruins? And, you know, our lives have pretty much changed since, well maybe change uh, more or less since March, but how's life yeah. in Texas? You're in San Antonio. So how's life out there right now? Uh, man, <laughs> cool. But yeah, I mean, yeah. I'm, sure you're, I'm sure you're aware of being a fellow Texan that our state isn't handling us as well as they could, but you know, that, that just kind of is what it is. And we're not the only ones obviously, but overall, I think I'm doing pretty well. I mean, I've, you just hear tons of stories about people that are like, oh, dude, I can't, I can't do this anymore. I'm just, I'm sick of being cooped up and, blah, blah, blah. Like I'm a bartender and my bar has opened up two different times. Like the first time it, like they tried to open up and we were open for a few weeks and then everything got shut back down. And we opened up again a little over a month ago and like we're doing all the precautions, following all the rules and stuff. TABC came in a few weeks ago because they're checking everybody and we were on point. So I was glad about that. But like, so I'm kind of back to work, but before I was able to get back to work, I was actually doing fine. I didn't feel super like cooped up or anything I was doing cool with just waking up eating playing video games doing a workout eat again video games call of duty like everyone's been doing till you fall asleep and then just repeat the same thing like I haven't really had a big problem with it I don't mind being like by myself our schedules were the same (laughs) the first first two months I'm like like thinking to myself I remember Doom Eternal came out and I was playing that you know getting interview on a fire like up and running talking to talented musicians like yourselves waking up my, my schedule was like I think it was 5 a.m. to like 2 p.m. and then and then yes. whatever it is happens that day. But now it's like now I'm working from home. I'm I'm blessed that actually I have that position. I'm glad yeah, you're man. able to do your bartending thing. You start to really see things opening up for yourself the longer yeah. we're into this thing. You know, speaking of you know where you are right now, you know we're at home. Being away from the stage a lot as of late, how are you keeping up your vocals these days? Is that affecting your musicianship? Has anything changed for you routine-wise as far as that is concerned, if at all? My routine. Yeah. Because I mean, it's one thing to be like in the middle of a touring cycle and you're just, you're in and out of tours and your voice is just kind of keeping up in shape. Um, I'll be honest. I haven't done the best job of keeping up, but like I do a lot of like singing and stuff in my car though. So I'm, I kind of grew up like just singing along to stuff on the radio and popping a CD in the boombox and trying to sing along to it. So like, I still do that kind of as it is. So it's not like my voice is completely out of shape, but so I'm kind of constantly keeping it somewhere. But uh, it does mess with it because you're not you're not doing a 30, 45 minute set every night for a few weeks and then taking a little bit of time off. But then you can build your voice up within like a day or two when you start that next tour. You're in a repetitious state and it's tough because you're not doing that. But, you know, if we were to pick up touring in the like next month or two, I'd be fine. It's just it's not the same. I'm assuming you live in a place where you can just belt out as much as you want without the neighbors complaining, right? uh no i don't i don't okay okay okay. i wish i could that's why i do it more so in my car yeah uh uh, i wish i wish that were the case it's 
it's a it's a house, but it's uh, <laughs> it's not. Yeah, not- I, I I can tell you're like thinking about like different ways you could have done that. But hey, I mean, you're making the best of the situation, like we all are. And you That's know, all I can. That's all I can and do. within the ruins has been around for 15 years. I know you joined in 2018, like we talked about before the interview started. But for you personally, Steve. How was the touring life and the live experience for you personally anyway? Because I know you were with Silence and Messenger before joining within the Ruins. Mm-hmm. And, and with that band, you know, you know, they've toured with, you know, Black Dahlia Murder and Suicide Silence and Azalea Dying when I saw you guys two years ago. Yeah. And there's some been some extensive touring throughout your career. What was sure. your favorite part about it? Because now you're kind of taking like an unseen step back. And does it make you have a growing appreciation of the touring life? Because we're talking about culture the fans, even the food. Like we, even we talk about yeah. food, you know, fuzzy's tacos, you know, oh, across yeah, the trees. That's the first yeah. thing that popped in your mind when we talk about it. You know, I don't oh, yeah, I was just like that taco spot. I know. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, just little things like that. What was your biggest takeaway from that, from the touring life? What do you miss about it the most? Um, I think it probably is the, that, I think it's that environment of being around, being around people. Cause I've, every, all of us touring guys miss it, but even if I wasn't able to play shows right away, I still miss being in that environment of going to the shows and just being around live music and being around friends and just having a beer and a good time. I just miss the environment a lot. You know, the traveling is the traveling's cool, but like I think most touring guys would tell you, you're traveling from city to city in a van or whatever, and you don't really get a lot of time to walk around unless it's a day off or something. You know, it's load in, sit around, wait, go to Fuzzy's Tacos, then get ready to play your set and then fuck off. So um the traveling i of course i miss it uh, you know but I, I just miss that environment man playing shows and just going to shows i miss both it's just that's probably my biggest thing from touring i think it's just the environment you know a very popular topic on this show for the last <clears throat> eight months i can't believe i'm saving that number eight um eight oh, months i know I, this. I, I, um, about that the other day too it's been a minute <laughs> and you've seen this we've we've even had bands on the show you know we've had lamb of god we've had insomnium you know on the show they talk about their their experience on doing it live streaming a lot of the bands what they do on stage they're taking it on the screen like we're doing right now mm-hmm. i believe code orange was one of the first bands to do it i think two days after the pandemic was announced they did that i don't know if you saw it it was like a, it was a show like in an empty venue and then they streamed mm-hmm. it to bands i remember uh, it you know and suicide did it and yeah suicide did it august burns red has one coming up you know and yep. uh, i believe next week but i wanted to ask you you know being on the road as long as you have all the experiences that you've taken in all the people that you met do you think the quarantine-induced live streaming surge we're seeing right now from these bands, is that going to affect the touring musician <clears throat> going forward? Do you still see bands doing this even after all this is over? Possibly, but I think it would be um, more of a controlled thing. Like uh, you could potentially set up some sort of a DVD Blu-ray scenario for it if you want to and be mm-hmm. in super control of your lights and um, and audio and stuff. And it's not that like you're not if you were to do one of those old school live performance DVDs, but I think uh, being forced to do it in a room by yourselves can kind of um, put an interesting spin on it where I don't think that it, I could be totally wrong, but I think that there's a there's an opportunity there, I guess you could say for it to continue on. But I think people are always going to want to go to live shows and be in, in person and not just hear the music, but feel it. Uh, I think the live shows are going to be come back just as strong because people have missed it and they're going to go wild when they're able to do it. But I think there might actually be a place for the the staged uh, streaming style thing um, as little one-offs here and there maybe to do to do some special stuff. 
Yeah, there's no right or wrong answer to it. I always like asking this, asking this question to different artists because some some people will say, oh, I'm not doing shit until all this is over. And some yeah. artists would say, yeah, it's a great way for me to engage with fans. It still allows me to do what I want to do. And of course, I have the liberty to mosh in my room if I want to. That's why we're in the corner and not in yeah. the middle of the room where it's all <laughs> crazy. But, you know, it's uh, it, it does make you miss a live experience even more the more and more you go to that. I went to that Metallica mm -hmm. uh, live show. Uh, was it the drive-in? The driving thing? Yeah, Joe yeah, did the same thing. Yeah, I went to that and uh, Dallas sold out like immediately. Luckily, a friend of mine was able to get a ticket and I got there and it just made me miss, you know, seeing someone like within the ruins, like like the energy that you guys exhibit on stage. It made me miss something like that. Little things like that. Even yeah, more. Yeah, yeah. yeah it, adds, it adds up. But I, yeah, Joe, did, Joe went to the same thing and he was just like, dang, <laughs> we might have to hop on this train. Hey, it's not the worst idea. I'm just saying, you know, not, I, no, I mean, no, yeah, no, 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 no. It's a still a way for you guys to engage with the fans, especially with the new album. Speaking sure. of the new album, I know we cover everything from head to toe. I promise we'll talk about that right now. Blackheart, okay. man, coming out November 27th <laughs> on E1 and Good Fight Music. It's been on repeat in my studio for the last, gosh, whenever I got the promo. You know, okay. you know the mission statement, you know, you, there was a mission statement that was out for this album, and it was domination. You guys definitely did that. Hit that to the T. Mm -hmm. When I heard it, as I was going through these songs... It was so vicious. It was so unrelenting, so hyper-focused. It was a very complimenting record to like invade and elite and halfway human. And you guys blended sounds of classic death metal and technical staccato precision. And I play yeah. violin, so I, I can- I, I did too. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> See, yeah. it, was, it was as far as progressive and, you know, there's clean singing in there, which is something mm -hmm. new that you guys did. So I wanted to ask, how much did things change from when you guys first started composing on this album to where you ended up finishing it? Did a lot change in between? Did nothing change in between? Was there already a specific <clears throat> sound you guys knew you wanted with Blackheart? Because I want to go back to that clean singing because that was a new thing. That threw me off and I loved it. And as far yeah. as progressive deathcore, if you want to call it that, that's as good as you can get. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Uh, the clean singing, the, Paolo did some of that on Halfway Human. Uh, that was when they first started experimenting with it. But we kind of took that and like, tweaked it even more on, on Blackheart. Um, at first, we weren't really sure what the sound of the record was going to be because before, like, now we had been writing this for a while. It was close to two years of Joe beginning writing new songs and then uh, me coming to the studio out there with finished products. There was two songs that came out a little after I joined the band called World Undone and Resurgence, and that was kind of just to uh, introduce me to everybody so they weren't going to wonder who this new guy was until an album was done. So we did okay. those, but that was like two and a half years, uh, maybe two years or so ago. So they've been out for a little bit. But then after that was when Joe really started writing the album. And we've got like a few tracks in and you kind of just see we did all, all the stuff at Joe's studio out in Massachusetts. And so it's a lot of him figuring out how I work behind a microphone in the studio and me figuring out how he operates and how like how he likes to do his takes and how long and, and an infinite number of things. And so we went through a few first few tracks and they turned out, they turned out cool. But then uh, after that, we kind of started to figure out a vibe of how each other works. And then he realized where my lyrics were coming from. Um, and then he's like, okay, I get it now. Steve's upset about some stuff. And a couple of the guys in the band were upset about certain things going on behind the scenes. And it kind of all worked out to where I was coming in with a lot of personal angry issues and the band had been dealing with some stuff and it was, kind of just like the stars aligned and we're like, we're going to write a pissed off record is what we're going to do. And so Joe was like, <clears throat> you always get those people that are like, 
it's a lose-lose. So if you do, if you stick to the old sound, people are going to get bored. If you try new stuff, people are going to say stick to the old stuff. It's a lose-lose. But mm -hmm. yeah. what we tried to do is bring back some of the old within the ruins. Like you said, the old staccato stuff, like back in the creature days and invade days and stuff. Uh, but introduce a little bit more of that clean singing stuff and uh, marketability and just kind of blend the two, but in a pissed off way. And so uh, it, Took a, took a few tracks to figure it out, but then kind of in the middle and then especially towards the end, we were like, we know what this record is now. And it just, it, we, everybody was on the same page throughout the whole process though. It was, it was awesome. I'm gonna throw another name at you is Josh Wickman. And he's known for his yep. work with, you know, Kingdom <clears throat> of Giants, Horizon Chaos, Knights of the Abyss. And he's a longtime producer and a mixer and a mastering engineer for you guys. Was yep. there a sense of comfortability in the studio knowing you had someone like Joe, knowing you had someone like Josh and you're like, okay, this is what I want. This is what I want to do. Let's go get it. Yep. Absolutely. Cause um, <clears throat> if you, uh, if you go back and listen to the the final uh, silence, the messenger record, we did that with Josh Wickman. Um, wow. Yeah. We got hooked up with him because of within the ruins. And so like Powell and I's old band, uh stm was friends with ruins since like 2009 so we've known our bands have been friends for a long time and now it's kind of just like a super group of the two uh but perfect we've been we've been yeah it, it, you couldn't ask for a better scenario and so because of that we were like after our first record it was time to do the second one and we were like we really tried to go with josh wickman for the first one but we ended up doing it with a buddy landon from the plot and you and that turned out really cool but oh my god you're blowing my mind right <laughs> i love that i love a plot and you sorry oh yeah no no me, that's me the fan in me you're like you're like saying like okay i need to stop it right there <laughs> yeah i was well and it wasn't our first choice we didn't know who, who he was at the time but then because of doing our first stm record with him we ended up being really good friends with the plot guys and it just that was perfect but the second one we were like this is what we want to do and so we got to go with josh wickman we we had to just drive from Texas to where he is out in White Lake, Michigan, uh, in January. Go to Michigan okay. in January in a fucking shitty van. Bad move, but we wanted what we wanted. And so we did our STM, did a record with Wickman. Um, and so that was just great rapport. And then Wickman has always done stuff with Ruins. And being in the studio with Joe and then uh, trusting Josh to make everything, put his little stamp on it. it just I was never worried about anything ever it was i love i love i love working with josh you're talking about the stars aligning you guys seriously did that and <clears throat> and now we briefly talked about it earlier in the interview i know you joined within the ruins a little further into the band's timeline mm -hmm. and i'm gonna quote metal sucks on this they said you were monstrous on this record <laughs> holy shit and you blew me away and i hope you hear for Thanks. uh the long run and you know as long as listening to, for someone like who's been listening to within the ruins as long as i have and then have you come in and just make that statement the way you did. I mean, you couldn't have done it any any better. Like talking about the stars line for you, that's that start a line, you know, for someone like me as just a fan. I'm just yeah. one of a millions of fans you guys have had, you know. But Thanks, what is the most reward? Excuse me. What is the most rewarding part for someone like you who's been with another different band like Silence and Messenger to now be with a band like <clears throat> the Ruins? Does it feel like a new chapter in your career, so to speak? Yeah, absolutely. Because, I mean, the thing was, I'd had some offers over the years with Silence the Messenger to join other bands, but I never wanted to take them. I was always that proud kid that had been with my band pretty much since the beginning. And I was always very proud of that. And I was like, no, if I want to make this happen, I want it to be with my with my project, you know. So I refused some stuff over the years. Uh, and then, but it's the 
story you hear a million times, something goes wrong with the label or you lose a booking agent or you lose a manager or whatever. And we kind of just had a combination of all three things going on for STM and it, and it sucked, but, you know, but that's the reality of the music business is that things go wrong and your band doesn't always get the push that you feel like you deserve. And it's always, who's the new hotness, even if you've been working longer than, you know, band X or whatever, it's rough. But then, so that kind of started to fade <clears throat> and eventually like ruins asked Paolo to fill in on an all-stars tour. And we were like, yeah, man, just wear STM shirts on stage every night and promote the band. And this would be great. <laughs> and uh, then we'll just, we'll get back to work and it'll be awesome. And then uh, you kind of just in the back of your mind though, you're like, is he going to join? And then he ended yeah. up joining. And so at first though, like, yeah, I was pissed. Like we all were kind of just like, yeah, I get it. But you're still going to be upset a little bit. You're going to be a little butthurt about it. And then, so I was just sitting around for a couple of years and then Joe asked me to fill in on the middle of a headliner a few years ago. And I was like, okay, cool. And then I did it and I made a binder of all the lyrics and I was like studying nonstop for a couple of days before I flew out and did this headliner with him. And so then after that, the holidays went by and in like early, early spring, he was just like, do you want to do this? Like, I think we're at a point where we want you on board and, we're ready to do this if you are. And I was, it took me a little bit because I was very comfortable with the fact that maybe STM was done and maybe I had my shot and I made some headway, but didn't get quite where I wanted, but you know, I tried, I really tried. And then, so I was getting comfortable with that idea and I didn't know at first looking back on it now, if I didn't take the gig, I'd be kicking my own ass, you know, cause I would have left yeah. for, I would have given it up for stupid reasons now, but so in a way, yeah, it's definitely a new chapter and it's a big, it's kind of like, where I wanted to be with the previous band here now. Do you see Blackheart? <clears throat> and this is for you personally. You could speak for the rest of the band. Do you see Blackheart as a snapshot of where you are at a certain time in your life? Yes. Yeah. Without hesitation. Yeah. I mean, um, a lot of the stuff, there's really only maybe like, I want to say besides Joe's instrumentals, I'd say probably like two songs that, um, aren't exactly related to, but the title track, Black Heart, pretty much everything else stems from that one song and um, like kind of the after effects of that and dealing with it and processing um, kind of what goes on in your head after the events of that particular one song. And uh, a lot of it is a very, is showcasing the past three years or so, three, four years of my life. We're just and I make zero bones about it. I just wasn't in a good place. I had a lot of things going on. Um, uh, uh, a, f a female thing for a couple of years. It just ended in every bad way that you could imagine. Uh, one of my best friends uh, took his own life. Um, there's a song for him on there. Um, there's, I mean, there's, a, there's a, there's just a bunch of stuff, man. It's, uh, it's just a pissed off angry record. And I needed to get some of that stuff off my chest. And honestly, I don't, I hope I don't have to write that record again. I hope that whatever comes next is totally different. Yeah. It's almost like you kind of had that outlet that you needed. And my condolences to everything that you've been through, you know, I've had my shares. We've all had our shares. It's been a, it's been an, an add on this year on top of all that bullshit, oh, yeah. you know, and uh, it, and you guys have brought us the music when we need it the most. And, yeah. you know, everything that you talked about, you know, from, you know, your personal experiences to, silence the messenger to within the ruins to now you kind of just found your calling mm -hmm. steve have have your aspirations as a person have they changed or evolved since when you first started performing in the industry do you see things differently now i do um i think it's it's 
one thing to be that like starry eyed, like this is what I want and, you know, I'm going to do whatever it takes to, to get there versus um, I, I was there. Now I'm just like, okay, uh, it almost all fell apart and I didn't get there. And now I'm at a different place where it's like, it's, it's such a bigger level that you always aspired to get to. Yeah. Now you have to look at it as like, okay, I'm here. Now what, what can I do with it? Where can I, uh, what can I do to better myself? What can I do to help other people? Can I help out bands that were like my old one that were really trying to work hard and can I help boost them up a little bit? Like, what can I do with this, uh, this new position I'm in? Um, it's not like I'm the starving artist crawling and scraping and begging for a chance any, you know, kid anymore. I'm at a, I'm at a good place now. And I kind of think of it as what, what can I do to better everything around me? If uh, whatever I can anyways, you know, not exploit my position necessarily, but like, what can I do to help? You know, so it's, yeah. it, it definitely kind of changes, uh, changes focus a little bit. Yeah, definitely changes the perspective for the better. And I know, Steve, we're running out of time here, so I want to make sure oh, you have shoot. every time you need before you get to the next interview. But do you have any like last words, any shout outs? Is there anything you want to plug in for the fans to listen, listen to anything you're doing within the ruins, like in the next couple of weeks before Black Card comes out? Um, there's one more single coming out. Um, Sweet. There's one more single uh, for for. Uh, another just another great track called Devil and Me. I'm stoked on that video. Is a lot more acting and kind of pushing the boundaries of what the band the band has done for music videos. So pretty pretty stoked on how that turned out. Um, and then no nah, man, just listen to Blackheart. Pick up a copy if you can. That vinyl looks awesome. I grabbed a copy of it. Uh, just jam the album. Just jam the album. And we'll be back as soon as we can once touring is safe. Yeah, and everyone's listening. Buy buy the buy the merch. Buy the albums. It helps out the artists more. You know they need the, your help more than ever. And uh, everyone's listening. Blackheart comes out November 27th on E1 and Good Fight Music. You know, Steve, I hope we do this again. I know we talked about, you know, the Wings interview. Like, we're going oh, yeah. to we're gonna plan on this going forward. Just put uh, a pin in that, man. Sign me up. I'm in. <laughs> so let's stay in touch. You stay safe where you're at. I know we're neighbors technically in Texas, but um, you stay yeah. safe. And uh, I'll see you next time, brother. Thank you so much for this. Cool, man. Appreciate it. Thank you, buddy. Hey guys, thanks for listening to Interview Under Fire podcast. If you guys liked what you heard, please subscribe and share our channel. And please leave a five-star review as that helps us tremendously. And also, if you guys have any questions or comments, you can find us at Interview Under Fire at Facebook or at Instagram. Or you can write us directly at schwag at interviewunderfire.com. That's S-C-H-W-A-G at interviewunderfire.com. Or Rezablade, that's R-E-Z-A-B-L-A-D-E at interviewunderfire.com.